Hi and welcome to Soulscape. I'm Jodie, the founder of Solstice, and today I'm joined by B and Audrey as we continue our Arcana series. Our Arcana series is where we use the tarot cards to facilitate conversations about life, growth and transformation. Today we are looking at the 19th card of the Major Arcana cards, which has the number 18 on it, and it is the Moon. Hi guys. Hello. Hello. The Moon. <laughs> the Moon, the Moon, the Moon. La Lune. La Luna. Moan. I'm trying to think of other languages. <laughs> you could say Moon. Was that Swedish? Yeah, that was Swedish. What is Moan. it? Moan. Moan. Moanen, the Moon. I think it, it's morning. Does it have different like tones in Swedish? Like morn? Or is it just morn? Morn. Morn. It's um M or the, the letter, the A with the O above it. Not the A with the O. The A with the dot above it. Oh, yeah. And then N. How do you pronounce that? Or. 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 <laughs> do you have a normal A as well without yeah. the dot? You have A. You have normal A. And then, <laughs> you have A and then A. Oh, that's kind of cute though. If you think about or as a letter... Is like A with a little moon above it. Oh, that's cute. Uh, I just thought of that. And then there's also A with two dots above it as well. And that sound oh. is ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Mon La Luna. <clears throat> yeah. I so yeah, I don't know. Either. Yeah. Anyways, one lingual. Mm, we love that solo unilingual yeah unilingual <laughs> but the moon is quite an to me at least it's quite an exciting card and i'm excited that we've gotten here i'm also impressed that we've gotten here so fast yeah. we are already at you know we only have a few cards left of the major arcana but the moon is quite exciting because it's so symbolic and is it just it's it's symbolic in in all cultures in all kind of uh it basically carries lots of different meanings and i guess i come from a more astrological perspective of the moon which you know i can bring in later but i'm really curious about in the tarot what it brings up and what are the through lines with other other moon meanings i guess mm. so that's kind of my first impression of it i'm very excited for our in-house tarot specialist b to you know, give us a lowdown on what the card is about, what the images represent. But maybe before that, Jody, do you have impressions of the moon? I'm intrigued as to why there's a lobster. Yeah, the lobster looks fun. <laughs> it's a crayfish. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Crayfish. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. Crefta. No. Is that sweet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a language lesson this episode um yeah, i love the moon and the sun so yeah it's I nice that you're... stars i mean stars. Oh, i like that you're gorgeous. drawn to the crayfish that's very cool i love it's celestial some... objects and shellfish yeah <laughs> Together. welcome welcome to cancer the ruler mm. of this card yes celestial objects and shellfish exciting yeah b do you want to give us yeah, just like let us know what what's happening with the tarot and the moon. There's and then... quite there's quite a lot going on here, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Mm, there is. I forget that you, I just literally forgot you're an astrologer and you're going to bring a whole new. I'm excited. Aspect to the moon here. Let's do it. She deserves it. This is this is a great card. It's really interesting. So much to say. 
Okay, so we've come from we've come from the star. It's important to know where we've just come from. And the star is this little moment of peace after, you know, your world's come crumbling down, but you're able to kind of see things for what they are and just be in this very Heideggerian being in time sense where you're not really thinking about what to do next. It's just peaceful, peaceful in the moment. You're being guided on where to go next. And um, if that transition is seamless then we can get through this card quite easily otherwise we might we might have a little bit of trouble when we sort of face these characters so if we start off with the imagery we've got and the imagery of this one I guess is particularly pertinent when we compare this to the sun which is where we're going next because the first thing that we're met with is a big moon which is in yellow just underneath the number 18 the moon is it's always representative of intuition dreams the unconscious the moon casts um, a dimmer light compared to the sun the sun but it still illuminates things but it illuminates things it kind of illuminates the shadow and this is what this card is all about it's kind of casting light on one's shadow but more on that later the there are 32 beams coming off of the moon whose face is turned away from from us the viewer of the card so she's kind of like "Mm." so she's not showing her full face to you She's kind of, you know, she's a little bit shrouded. Especially when you compare that to the sun who's just like looking at you like, I'm here. She's like, yeah, you can't see me. She's kind of hiding her eyes are closed and she's kind of like scowling a bit. So the 32 beams coming off of the moon represent the 32 Kabbalistic paths that you, you know, that we can get to to achieve um enlightenment essentially just underneath the moon we have these little cosmic droplets which represent the um the moon's reflected wisdom which is kind of droppling cosmic droplets yeah cosmic droplets i love that yeah (laughs) just like us (laughs) (laughs) i felt that we have a scene here that we have seen before we've seen these two towers many many times um throughout this journey well not many many times but you know a couple of times we have again the pillars of severity and mercy who the high priestess sits in front of high priestess who is the guardian of our intuition but in the high priestess card they're called boaz and jachin pardon my pronunciation and we've also seen this before in death i'm gonna try and get this up for my colleagues here (laughs) but colleagues colleagues my colleagues (laughs) so here in the death card there they are Mm. in the background there they are in the foreground in this card yep and that's like the moon that's kind of the moon behind it sun or moon yeah it's yeah it's that that's the sun so that's um 
in the death card it sort of represents the dawn of a new day and this is this is the flip side of it so there's a link between death and the moon which mm. obviously we'll want to talk about it now because death is death is basically where the fool's transformation begins you know he 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 meets death in this way that's kind of a bit of a sacrifice of his old self then he goes through temperance he becomes like you know mediated calm and collected and then you know he meets the devil faces his demons quite literally breaks the chains of what you know what's been holding him to these demons jumps out of the tower of false promises you know the ivory tower his ego prison and then you know he sees hope in the form of the star feels free and now we're at the moon which is basically a point where the fool awakes from his illusion and that this is what this card is all about it's like quite i mean it's not that complicated but it kind of is waking up from illusion you sort of have to sort of you know you really have to kind of face what's been going on for you like anything that you've been you know any trauma defenses or anything like that that you've been holding on to that you're defending you know defending wounds defending traumas this card is all about sort of truths that we can't admit to ourselves even after we've been through you know a huge healing process there's still something that's stuck and so you know if we're able to kind of as i've said a few times really be with the freedom of the star after you know the tower moments happened then we can sort of seamlessly pass through this path which is if i return to the imagery of this card there's a path that travels right through um so between the towers of severity and mercy there's a mountain range it's quite similar to the path we've seen in temperance it's the path of life so this path leads from top of the mountains you know mountains that they're kind of you know to climb mountains a bit of a of a feat so it's a feat to get here and you know there's still a pathway to go when the path in the mountains leads us to the little pond in the foreground of the card where the crayfish is emerging from and then just in front of the crayfish are two dogs one is a golden retriever of some sort and the other is a wolf um, and they represent the so the golden retriever is at the tame aspect of the mind so the one that's domestic it's docile it's calm and then the wild aspect um of the mind which you know runs free and marches to the beat of its own drum so yeah the crayfish emerging from the pool of water is you know right at the bottom of the card and this is sort of it's symbolic of the early stages of consciousness unfolding. So essentially, we have to be the crayfish, but we have to fully come out of the water to face what's, you know, what's holding us back, which is a little bit scary. But obviously, as I've said, this card is ruled by cancer. Cancer you know the crab the crayfish the lobster any kind of crustacean that lives between the land and the sea can can just stay in its 
you know, can stay under the water if it wanted to, but comes out. So that there's this this pull to come out here mm-hmm. and to really face, you know, in order to kind of to push through to the end, like, you know, we are talking about self, like inner salvation. Like mm-hmm. this is pretty, like the, the, the last big hurdle really before before judgment you know the final judgment of whether or not we have done it um this is it it's really interesting in how it um it will be interesting to see i guess what the next episode holds too of how it kind of goes hand in hand with the sun as well Mm. because there's this element of the moon coming in you're you're kind of opening up the unconscious making Mm. the unconscious more conscious and in that when you migrate over to the sun i assume it's then about it being seen and really shining a true light on it Mm. and now it being in reality and in the world and the moon is the starting point for that because it's it's the internal it's the shadow and it was so interesting because i have i have two aspects of this in my in my mind when i'm thinking about the moon there's the astrological part of it and i think maybe i'll go into that first and then you know there's interesting kind of there's an interesting history, I think, with the mythology of moons and also tying into kind of historical pathologizing of of gender and of emotions that comes into this as well. But maybe I'll start with a bit of astrology because I think it's, it does feed into it. All of it kind of, you know, overlaps. And there's something about the moon that makes all of this very fluid and confusing and, you know, trying to suss out what is real, what's not, but that's what the unconscious does mm. and I'm thinking about it in terms of in astrology you know it's about dreams as well yeah. so our moon our moon signs whatever our signs are in it's about emotions it's about the shadow self as you said and it's also about dreams it's about the unconscious whatever is kind of below the surface in the waters and I love that personally I think as a Pisces moon as a water moon in general water moons love a good emotional time you know and really if you want to look up your moon sign in astrology it will tell you a lot about your internal self that's why not everybody identifies with their sun sign mm. you know sometimes it's like I don't really see that in myself I'm very confused about that and that might mean that you just are quite connected to your internal self and therefore your moon sign doesn't that happen if you're like born at night as well you're more it, some people say that yeah, some people say that, which I am technically, you know. Mm. And full moons, I know a few people who are midwives and they say it totally happens on a full moon. Their wards are full. Mm. Like every, so many people give birth on full moons. That's so interesting. And it's it's like just fact. It's yeah. so much more busy on a full moon. Yeah, and if you connect that to cycles as well, menstrual cycles, a lot of people will have their periods on full moons or on new moons and it alternates between those two cycles Mm -hmm. and there's lots of mythology as well about like uh it being split so that the people that would have their periods on full moons had those in new moons to take care of them and vice versa and like really beautiful like historical interesting and i wonder what would make some go have it on the full moon and some have it on the new moon. they call it like red witches and white witches or something like that wow yeah and it's like the fact that it moves the water Mm-hmm. In, on the earth 
like that just fascinates me it moves, and the, water. Water. It it moves, the, moves the water in at us yeah. <gasps> exactly move, 28 day then, cycles yeah maybe that's why as well that um people go into labor because if it's moving the water inside you and the the baby mm-hmm. is the in so much water you know it like maybe period creates such a like she makes waves something. in your womb. We literally oh breathe God. water. <laughs> we breathe <laughs> liquid <laughs> as as babies, as yeah. fetuses. We breathe liquid, mm. you know. And so we are watery beings mm. in that way, symbolically, but even like physically, we are bo- like watery beings. And yeah. there's a really beautiful book actually called Bodies of Water by Estrada Neimanis. I think I'm pronouncing that name correctly, mm-hmm. but I love it so much. It's about like feminist phenomenology and it talks about like all the ways we're interconnected with water and wow. it's just beautiful. But it's true because, you know, if our bodies are microcosms of the earth, which is, I think, something that actually Anna Halpern said, which is a movement yeah. practi- practitioner, um, and the earth is, you know, what, 70% water, our bodies are 70% water controls the tides controls our waters our liquids then who's to say that it doesn't also affect our emotions and Mm. we also contribute to that and we are kind of I guess interconnected in that way so when it comes to astrology it makes sense that the moon represents like the emotions and how we feel it how we express it so there's a lot of like beauty in that but I think it's so so fascinating how like even the word moon lunar and then spiraling into lunatic Mm. right lunacy which was Mm. were diagnoses and then became like words to call people that they would hospitalize in like psychiatric wards that were basically expressing emotions that were not acceptable in society and then we have like um like uh, hysteria and stuff which was used as a diagnosis to uh, pathologize women for feeling too much or for expressing their uh, trauma you know because women were extremely you know traumatized and assaulted you know forever and then the ways that they might act out due to that trauma or behave that was called um, hysteria yeah Mm -hmm. so you have this whole So you have this whole kind of history of like pathologizing emotions, pathologizing the feminine in Mm. everyone, but oftentimes in, um, you know, women identifying people, but also in, in, you know, homosexuality, Mm. especially with like gay men, because it was seen as a, as you have feminine traits within you because you are attracted to men. So you have just a massive history of this and still the myths and still we have this kind of essence of like full moons or the moon cycles making us crazy and it's this idea that we are crazy because we feel Mm. right or we're crazy because we um dream we believe things and it's true our dreams aren't always you know if you take your dream if you dissect it like what happened event to event in the dream oftentimes they are quite crazy they are quite like they're not very realistic but there's always meaning underneath it there's always something that's there that's saying something and just because it's a little wacky the way that it's being said doesn't mean that there's not truth to it so when people are it's almost like when people are uncomfortable with things or a situation and they put it in a box of being crazy or hysteria or something like that it's like when they they can't emotionally cope with what someone else is doing 
and like you said it's men like inverted commas straight men don't often get called hysterical or have hysteria Mm-mm. it's like either women or it's a homosexual men or is that like it's something that can take you to the feminine but the men don't often get called those things so the the fact that people would be connected to their emotions was seen as not a good thing yeah and, seen as an illness yeah and then put with it being a feminine thing which isn't good mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's the moon symbolizes the divine feminine mm. and if you think about the moon versus the sun and the sun symbolizing the divine masculine in a lot of ways the sun is about being seen and being assertive the moon is about the shadow self what's going on underneath and if it that in itself emotions the deep dark reality of what's underneath us is scary and threatening to the sun because it changes the reality mm. because it's so powerful it's so powerful and it's so present but it's it's also so it can be so undermined because of the tools we've used to undermine it by calling it crazy by locking it up mm-hmm. by um you know calling it a disease an illness a mental illness you know and really it's just a way of controlling and oppressing people for connecting to themselves connecting to their you know their truth their truth their authenticity their creativity as well their yeah you know inner being of and that's why like you know we've talked about this before but children are so silenced in so many ways and so oppressed in Mm. so many ways and children i think often are vibing with their internal you know moon Mm. being inside of them Mm. they're in their emotions they're in their feelings and what happens is that you know as we grow older that gets dulled out you know we're being too much they haven't learned to um override it with society what's acceptable in society they'll say what they feel they'll Mm -hmm. very openly they just do whatever they'll cry they say (laughs) what's on their mind yeah or it's like they'll they'll tell you like what their mum's been saying yeah Yeah. that absolutely shames him i was like shut up (laughs) yeah it's almost like their moon and their sun's more integrated yeah yeah and more uh yeah just more interconnected and more integrated than what we see even here in the tarot how it's separated Mm. and it's kind of interesting because this tarot card that says the moon it looks like a sun in a lot of ways it looks like the moon on top of the sun yeah um and I don't know if that's on purpose or not, but it's quite interesting because in my mind it's like, oh yeah, maybe this is very non-binary. If you actually integrate the moon and the sun and the divine feminine, the divine masculine, rather than separating them because the integration of them means that you're accepting all the truths that are Mm. there rather than sectioning it off and pathologizing one of them and then highlighting and putting on a pedestal the other one. Mm. You know, I feel like any time you see nor you personally, but one sees these two towers in in the deck. Like we can always think non-binary mm-hmm. because, like, the towers are, you know, the the two, I guess, binaries, and then there's a humongous space this in between, gap. Mm-hmm. huge gap in between. And what's in that? The beams of the yeah, cosmic, the cosmic droplets. droplets. Yeah, and is that the same with the high priestess mm. who is? I I take 
I take the high priestess to be, you know, quite androgynous, quite non-binary. You know, it's 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 about crossroads. It's about this kind of gooey, intuitive space in between, you know, severity and mercy. Because, you know, it's like with the existence of those two, there's a whole complex world in between them. Mm. Which is, yeah, the non-binary grey area. The multiplicity. Yeah. We and, the, all of that. and it makes me think that if the fact that it they're called the divine masculine and divine feminine if they were called the divine yin and divine yang mm. you probably might not have as many conversations trying to dissect it and make it like just this n- non-gendered situation mm. but because they've got the words that we associate with a gender but actually it was just the yin and the yang or even like the moon that and kind the of sun. thing mm. and you know i was even thinking yeah. about how like the moon as a celestial object and the sun they don't have a gender mm, <laughs> like yeah. they're just a celestial object in the sky and they also are ever present regardless of whether we can see them or not and that yeah. is something about the moon that i just love because yes we can see it at night because night is the time you know symbolically where we are able to be in darkness and be in the shadow so Mm. we can see and that's when we can see the moon and the moon illuminates everything that's been in the shadow Mm. so that's why you know when we sleep we have dreams and our unconscious is alive Mm. and you know also a lot of things happen at night yeah under the darkness of the darkness you know and then in the daytime when the sun's out oftentimes sometimes we can still see the moon but oftentimes we can't but it's still there Mm. it's very much still there it's just one's a little bit more active, maybe. I mean, they're all kind and of active, moon's but it's still there. Illuminated only because of the sun. Mm-hmm. So we can only see the moon because of the sun. So it's they like work together. All, yeah, and that you need the the divine. If we talk about the divine masculine, divine feminine as being traits of traits of us, traits of everything in the world, and yes. the more emotional, deeper side, and then the the divine masculine being the the more help me out. <laughs> Mm. logical logical yeah, practical. Uh, practical and that we need both those aspects in everything in the world it's not mm. one and then the other and they both bring like magic to things mm. um and it's where it comes is because the the terminology is connected to the same terminology we use for gender but they're not about gender they're about the different parts of us and the world that we both need that we all need those that two we different express and yeah. experience yeah and it's mm. like, yeah it's like in a day you know they they take up equal amount of time in the day you know like they need each other in terms of literally the structure of a day like we need both in the structure of our own body mm. you know it's like is your divine masculine shining too hard like is it casting too much practical light on your life and do you need your moon to rise are you neglecting the to, moon? to 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 let him have a little rest and have a sleep while mm. you know she takes over and lets you be a little bit more creative mm. and intuitive and not so practical and obvious about things mm. you know do it a little bit differently yeah and the moon gets a bad the moon gets a bad rap because uh, I mean, as we just said, because of sexism, because <laughs> mm. of misogyny. But the moon also gets a bad rep in terms of it's it's mysterious, mm. and in a world that is patriarchal, and and you know that kind of argument. I love so funny when like 
dudes do this but they're like sorry i believe in science mm-hmm. and i'm like it's, <laughs> i just i think it's so funny because it's like yeah same yeah. <laughs> you know I, I do too i also believe in science mm-hmm. um but it's this idea that like if you don't if it's not directly right in front of you and you think you have fully understood and it's completely known then it doesn't exist and it's not valid and the moon begs you to accept that some things are mysterious and some things are unknown. Mm. We can't know everything. And I, and I I love that. I really, there's something so wonderful about accepting sitting in the unknown and just being like, wow, the world's more complex than I think it is. And just because I can't see something right in front of me or explain it in the kind of typical scientific manner might not mean that it's not there or doesn't exist and that's why you know there's so sad when people don't listen to their intuitions and listen to their feelings and listen to their emotions and listen to their dreams and all of that is all present and here and it's so undervalued and it's so oppressed and it's so pushed down in society and if we just as individuals can nurture that within ourselves I think like hopefully you know, that can inspire more world shifts if, if we as just individuals are already doing that. And, you know, also all of this knowledge is is stripped away from like indigenous cultures as well because there's so much of this beautiful depth from the unconscious that indigenous cultures already sit with and mm. work with. And it's been colonized and it's been destroyed, you know? Yeah, and they don't, they don't have the answers of why they feel or know things they just they sit with the fact that they just do it it's just a type is. of knowing it is. yeah it just is it's a type of don't knowing. need to know or always don't need to know why or where it comes from that it's just it's there mm-hmm. and i feel this and not quite sure why but i know i feel it it's that gut instinct that intuition mm-hmm. a deep knowing mm. and obviously too much of of one thing can be an issue as we know anything that you lean too heavy on without the balance can be an issue for instance like if you think about maybe too much moon you know that can be delusion that can be conspiracy um living in dream world fully where you're not able to come to grips with reality obviously that's not great you know we we need that balance and it's i think important to probably bring that part up because Mm. you know we are shedding a lot of love on the moon because we need to because it hasn't been loved enough but you don't want to i mean this is why we have so many conspiracies around like um and i'm not saying what i believe in i have no idea but you know the moon landings were they real were they not you know there's even like um conspiracies about like aliens inhabiting the moon there's conspiracies about the moon as being as being a hollow spacecraft Mm. um there's conspiracies about uh nazis having a base on the moon there's just like right so like it holds a lot of like mystery and conspiracy to a point where uh if the emotions take over that far and the delusion can take over that far that you can live in paranoia Mm. and obviously that's not a great place to be yeah i just have this like powerful image of like the moon being like colonized in a way that like the sun can't be Mm. and it's kind of speaks to that thing about like you know control of women and like subjugation of women like 
and this feminine force that people are like, oh, you know, let's put a flag in it and call it mine. But it's like, can't do that. that And then let's also pretend it never happened or like, let's spread lies. Let's like, yeah, let's make it controversial. Yeah, let's make you not trust it. Yeah, let's not trust what's happening here. Yeah. It's like, why? Leave leave her alone. Yeah. Mm. Go away. Mm. <laughs> Take your flag. Yeah. <laughs> you can catch me, like, in front of the NASA space station. Like, stop. stop <laughs> Think about what you're doing. Just standing on top of the rocket. Yeah. <laughs> Enough. But it's fascinating, isn't it? It's like, again, like, with anything. And, you know, we could take literally all of these cards and talk about how fantastic leaning into some of these energies are. And then equally, you can take every single one and if you take it too far you're living in a destructive kind of you're living a destructive experience Mm. you know and so I think it's good that we hold the the nuance of that and hold the balance of that yeah and I think you've really tapped into the essence especially with that the moon chat that we were sort of just on which is like you know because I think when this card comes up in a reading it's a bit like oh you know things ah you know the moon because it's it's not like a positive card necessarily but it's not sinister either it's Mm. like it's just about misunderstanding yeah and yeah and that's it and it's like you know yeah what kind of if this this, if this came up what kind of misunderstandings like how in does it depend what other cards come up as well well it's normally like a kind of um as we say like you know um like defending traumas um so you know let's say something something happened to you um you know tragic accident and you feel weird or you know a grief of some kind you feel weird every time you think about that person or you go back to that place or you think about that scenario it casts that weird thing over you but you kind of you might kind of pull that into you and be like, no, 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 it's like, that's, that's mine, you know, that's, that's normal, you know, that this feeling is the, the unpleasantness or holding on to the pain of this, you know, is for my higher self, you know, like, I, I need to keep holding on to the pain, I can't move through this pain, that, that there's a hidden truth beneath that pain that you need to uncover in order to break through that to grow because by holding on to the pain you're not you're not learning you're you're staying kind of stuck in that fear in that situation you're kind of living living that pattern exactly on repeat whereas if you are brave enough to come out of the water come out of that like the crayfish to see it to see what's underneath it what the lesson is you know you know that this scenario has tried to teach you something maybe about the way you attach to people or you know just this kind of deep thing you know painful breakup you know was it a toxic Mm -hmm. relationship do you have a propensity to you know do you invite toxic people in is this a pattern of yours you know yeah um but instead it's kind of you know you can just be bound by oh you know I'm, i'm i'm sad or i'm heartbroken and i can't move through that but there's always a deeper wisdom to everything that can be burst through and that can kind of, can give you that, ah, I know what I'm looking at here now. And now I can, you know, cast Mm. the warm light of the sun on it and we can heal and 
Yeah. Because ultimately the grow. feelings want to be there and they want to be moved. Yeah. But then if it gets up into the dysfunctional thoughts and the thinking, the mm. limiting thoughts and thinking and the patterns, then you're not really swimming through it anymore. Yeah. You're just kind of creating a life around you that matches this illusion that you're trying to kind of, you know, unconsciously create for yourself to keep living out this, you know, this pattern. Yeah. A and bit of a dream life. <laughs> no, cool. Yeah, it's a bit of a dream life. And, and I, I've often, I've experienced this with myself and I've experienced this with friends mm. and, you know, people I've worked with. And sometimes there's this moment where you're, you know, you're deep in your feelings and you're just like, oh, like, oh, I don't want to say it. And it's mm. like, okay, but say it. Let's speak out the thought because once you speak it out, you'll probably realize that it's not the reality, but the feeling of it is very mm. real. So for instance, you know, this is a very classic one with, with like love and romance and mm. stuff, but someone might say, someone might really feel and think I'm not lovable no one's I'm never going to find someone that will see me and love me and once they say that out loud depends on how deep you are in the 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 delusion or the illusion of that but you might be able to get it out to a point where you're going oh wow oh that's my feeling okay that's like a really deep feeling I have Mm. that doesn't mean it's the reality but the feeling is really there and it's never going to really manifest itself or I'm never going to really allow myself to break through and have different experiences if I don't actually speak out this this thought or put it into the world and be like, oh, I'm, I'm now looking at it in front of me and it doesn't really mean anything. What me, The feelings mean something. But this thing isn't really true. Mm. You know, yeah. and I guess that's the moon thing. That's the, the you want to be in those these emotions, but you don't want to be in this kind of yeah. creating this life that you think is real when it's just not. Yeah, it, it, it's the illusion that you cast around it. Like you talking about speaking made me think about like, you know, a delusion that I sometimes have about like speaking out and speaking up. It's like, I won't speak up for myself or I won't stand up for myself because I'm I'm passive and I'm chill and I'm and it's like but is there something deeper than that you know oh you know you're just passive you're just chill are you scared like mm-hmm. are you actually just a bit afraid to speak up for mm-hmm. yourself and what's to just... gonna happen if you speak up for yeah. yourself yeah how exactly. will people receive it yeah how will it get back to you yeah and that's the that's the illusion mm-hmm. that you know I've definitely found myself in definitely found that you know I've had to and still am growing through um yeah there's huge hidden truths to it always Mm -hmm. and there's so many aspects of you know our life where this you know this comes up that the moon is you know casting something in a and it's identity construction as well and this is I guess a really good segue into our next episode which will be the sun Mm. but I'm sure we'll be thinking about it very soon, but it's kind of this idea of our feelings are here and very present, but they go so far as to manufacture an identity that we think is real and therefore we must live in Mm. that actually often due to defenses, due to Mm. trauma, due to various experiences, we feel like we, we, we are, and we must be, and we must behave and we must act. We must have whatever it is. 
but actually they're incredibly limiting to ourselves and it's just a fault it's just a facade it's just a false idea of yourself in order to survive in some way and sometimes it's really necessary for survival in certain situations mm. but once you're through those situations it's mm. not necessary anymore and the feeling still sticks and that's trauma for you you know mm. so i'm sure we'll talk about the next episode because it's you know about identity yeah but where where have you guys landed now after this ooh crazy <laughs> crazy episode on the moon where have we arrived i enjoy going into the depths i kind of i i find it magical and interesting sort of connecting with the internal what things mean more and bringing them up to create I guess a, a lightness for moving forward or moving into situations in a, a, a lighter way without being sort of weighed down by how you say like things that you might be holding in so that this card in the moon I I enjoy all these conversations and I it, it makes me kind of hopeful, I guess, that these conversations are happening more and more in the world and more people are finding it more acceptable and more at ease in being connected to their emotions and finding out what is going on deep in the depths rather than just squashing it down, especially... Well, not especially, actually everyone. I was going to say especially men because men have often been not allowed to feel their emotions, but then also women as well haven't been able to show your emotions. And so actually everyone really. Mm. And the fact that just the world is being more open. Don't have to fit into the patriarchy, mm. the little box that we need to fit into. Yeah. We feel like we need to fit into. Yeah. It's this magical emotional world. Mm. I'm I'm down for it. Mm-hmm. Turkey's an illusion. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Where have, where have you landed, B? Kind of landed somewhere in between the two dogs, like reflecting on the tameness and the wildness. Um. You know, I'm looking at how the the tame dog is kind of looking up at the sun, kind of at the sun. The moon kind of like, hip, you know, hip, <laughs> hip, yeah, <laughs> hypnotized by her, you know, mm. and this kind of hypnotized by the illusion. And then the wild one is kind of, you know, it's paying it a bit of mind, but, you know, it, it's sort of mirroring the, you know, the stance of the moon itself, mm. which is kind of like, yeah, it's, it's kind of, there's a, like a trust there. Whereas the tame one is kind of, yeah, it's a bit beholden to the illusion. Mm. It's making me think of Women Who Run With The Wolves. Great book. Yeah. I haven't read it. I've had it in my book. I haven't read a book for about 10 years <laughs> since I had Rafi. Um, but it's on my bookshelf to read. Yeah, mm. I've heard a lot of good things about it. Mm. Yeah, it's super lovely. Mm. It's quite gendered for me, but like if you read it without that lens if you just because it's a bit old-fashioned in that mm. way the way that it you know talks about gender but I think it's such a beautiful uh 
beautiful stories of wild feminine mm. you know and I think everyone in some way can relate to that and I think it's really important for people that have been brought up and socialized as women and girls yeah. um, whether you still identify with that or not it's a really like very heartwarming thing to read because you yeah it allows you to access the wilds that uh we often are not afforded but the masculine or the men people socialize as men are often allowed to where have you landed where have young I odd landed? young young odd <laughs> i i think i've landed with first of all i guess i was reflecting back on just this conversation and how we often attune to the energetic qualities of the card and Mm -hmm. I definitely feel like in a bit of a dream state Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's hard I don't know if you guys felt like it was difficult to get words out but I felt like I was it's like my but I often feel like this probably because my mercury Aries but I it's like I have so much to say and my voice is saying a lot but my my mind or my whole being isn't catching up so I always feel like I'm I'm like chasing after my words I think that's like a symptom of ADHD as well I'm also I also just had a coffee (laughs) (laughs) so it might be that Um, yeah I don't know maybe maybe, I don't know I've never been diagnosed Um, but yeah there's this kind of feeling of like my whole body and and self and emotions is in this kind of dream state but I have but my my words are just going at it like my words are going I'm like trying to chase after it that's the feeling I had this Mm. whole time and there's just so much there there's just so much depth and I think we could talk hours I could talk hours about the moon Mm. it just holds it holds so much and it needs it it needs to be nurtured so much so much more than it has and I feel like this is part of me that's like I feel like I owe so much to it like I feel like I want to give so much Mm. to the moon because it's given so much to us so I guess I'm kind of landing with this like this conversation's not over like I very much would like to keep talking about the moon mm. and how we can really embody this healthily against all odds because it is it is yeah there's a there's a someone on um Instagram called Kirsty Gallagher who is just everything about the moon She's got a book about it and everything. So if anyone wants to mm, cool. learn more, it's, I went to a workshop with her once, and it's just, yeah, the the way she talks about it is like when you're saying you want to talk more and hear more. I'm like, okay, go and like mm-hmm. listen to everything that she says. It's amazing, like the amount of depth and where she goes with it with the moon. Mm. It's like whoa. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. And if people want kind of a practical juicy way of connecting to the moon quickly you can definitely look up your moon sign so you can definitely just look up your astrological birth chart Mm. Uh, the moon changes sign every two days so if it's not like on the edge of either degrees of either zero or like you know 29 30 then you should know it without your birth time but it's ideal to have your birth time so you know your exact your exact moon but yeah, look up your moon sign if you want to look more into kind of your relationship to this celestial object mm. and how you can kind of sit in that and access that because there's a lot of information online on Google uh, about your moon sign and it's fascinating and it might give you, if you have never looked at it before, it might give you 
an extra insight into you and your emotional world and that's mm. really beautiful so thank you so much for listening to this episode of arcana of on soulscape and we are so excited to continue this series this is like i don't know i'm really enjoying this mm, so far same it's so fun and i hope you guys are enjoying too and you can connect with us on instagram at solstice london now how do we say goodbye as the moon my first thought was like oh wolf howl <laughs> yeah i was like warm i don't know yeah i wanted to go mm. <laughs> oh, kind of, that's kind of cute because i'm yeah. like ow, i'm ow. not saying goodbye i'm just like because mm. it's still there true it's yeah, always there she never says bye <laughs> okay should we go mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> bye, bye.